I'm DJ Psyched, and you're listening to the Get Psyched Podcast. Let's get psyched about health. This is the Get Psyched Podcast. I'm DJ Psyched, and you're listening to the first episode of the Get Psyched About Health series. With me today is a very special guest, Dr. Casey Orvitas. Uh, thank you for coming in today. We were connected by Alex Stewart. She was on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, so I'm really grateful that you said yes to that uh, offer. Casey is a certified nutrition coach, and she combines her PhD in psychology and her health knowledge to spread her messages to help people in understanding mindset and its importance in health. She also helps give knowledge for other health coaches. So I really loved going through your Instagram. Uh, I think it's really <laughs> cool how you like utilize both of your different skills to to set yourself apart from other people in this health community. And I was also pretty excited because I agree with like 99.999% of everything I saw on your profile, like everything um, I've seen so far, totally on par with it. So I'm excited to pick your brain on all of this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> So how did you get into working in the health field and what are some of your goals or like particular messages that you really want to send out there? Mm, that's a good question. Well, I guess I'll start with like kind of how I got into this space. It was one of those things where like leaving high school sports, right? So I was a varsity volleyball player, was basically told like, this is how you work out. It's three hours a day. It's mostly like endurance training and it's volleyball specific, right? So I went to college and I no longer had these three hour practices and was like, okay, but I know I need to like take care of myself. And like looking back now, I'm like angry that we were not taught how to like strength train as athletes in high school. We didn't spend any time in the weight room, which I think is ridiculous. Um, and I never was really set up with like, okay, you're leaving high school now. Like, here's how you can go take care of yourself. It was just kind of like, I go to the gym and do what? Like, I guess like what's easiest, like get on the elliptical, go for a run, like do all the cardio. Um, so I started off definitely as like a cardio bunny <laughs> in um, college, did a little bit of like the over restriction when it comes to eating, thinking like that's what I need to do. I needed to also like save calories to go drinking with my friends. So I wouldn't eat, but I would like work out twice a day. And it was not the healthiest start to things. Um, but I think that's a, is what I've noticed is a lot of people do start that way. They, they're just like, I just need to do a lot of cardio. I need to eat very little. And like, that's how you do things. Um, granted, I've learned it's much, much different <laughs> now, but that's, <laughs> It was kind of like my intro to the like health and fitness space. I eventually did come across like strength training for women. I tried it out. I fell in love with it. I loved how confident it made me both in the gym and out of the gym. Um, I was getting stronger, watching my body change finally the way that I wanted it to, um, learned how to like feel my body properly, felt the best I had ever felt, stopped binge drinking, huge one, uh, <laughs> drink, drink of water, all that good thing, all those good things. Um, this was all in college, so I was kind of like coming into this space. Uh, during this time, I was getting my degrees in sociology, psychology, and public health, and was actually more interested in um, like the forensics science side of things, thought I maybe wanted to be like a criminal psychologist, actually had my sights set on being a prison warden at one point, um, and was really like well like connected as far as the Minnesota Department of Corrections goes, and that's where I went to school, um, the University of Minnesota. But so I was kind of like heading down that route, um, but also cultivating this side of me with health and fitness and how much I was falling in love with it. And I felt like, oh my gosh, how do more people not do this? It feels so awesome. I love it. Like my life is changing. It's like making me a more dedicated student, all of these things. Um, and eventually just got to the point where 
I was thinking about graduate school, thinking about what I wanted to do with my life, whether that was graduate school or otherwise, and had this kind of realization that a lot of people like criminal psychology stuff. That's why we have shows like NCIS. That's why we have like <laughs> all of these like crime podcasts and things like that. That's because people, everybody likes that stuff. So I'm not really unique in saying that like <laughs> what I want to do, you know, but at the same time, not everybody likes health and fitness. Not everybody is that passionate about that. So like, why was I not like using that to some degree? So Instead of like continuing on the criminology sort of path, I decided to blend both psychology and health and exercise and nutrition um, and just wanted to figure out how I was going to do that because now I was having like all of these epiphanies like, wow, I feel so great, but why do we have an obesity epidemic on our hands? Why is this happening? Um, essentially, like people know that they should exercise and they know they should eat healthy, but nobody's friggin' doing it. So what's going on there? So I really wanted to start to figure out kind of like the, the psychological like underpinnings to that. So went to NC State to get my PhD. I worked with um, Dr. Jenny Burnett in the mindset lab and spent my time looking at how growth versus fixed mindset matters for healthy behavior. So went ahead and just like kind of combined those things that way. So that's kind of where I got into things. Um, alongside of getting my PhD, I also got a nutrition certification, started my own um, coaching business, and that has now flourished into my full-time career, which I was not expecting it to, to be honest, um, but I'm super happy and very excited about the work that I get to do. Um, but as far as like main messages go, I think the biggest one is just that so much of like mindset and psychology are involved in health behavior change. And I think a lot of the times, actually, you talked about my Instagram, did a post today that was like a pyramid. And at the top of the pyramid, it's things like exercise and eating. And when we think about like building a healthy lifestyle, those are the first things you think about doing. Okay, well, I'm going to start going to the gym four times a week. Granted, we can't go to the gyms right now, but <laughs> I'm going yeah. to start eating healthy. And my lifestyle is going to start to change. But we gloss over like the mindset component of it, the psychology component, um, your values, mindfulness in general, like being aware of like what your values are. Um, and then also I mentioned things just like daily movement. Like I said, I went for a walk right before we got on this podcast, like getting outside, getting sunshine, like movement outside of like the hour that you spend doing formal exercise. Like a lot of those things are like just glossed over, but there really are kind of like the groundwork that's required. Um, so as far as like the message that I'm trying to get that get out there is that like mindset matters a lot and much more than I think people realize. Yeah, that's a really good answer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but it was really good. Yeah, I, I definitely noticed that you were you're on the the mindset train, which I think is really cool because I think I think it's kind of an underground train in the health community right now because there are like I don't know if you're familiar with certain people like Swole Normus or, or people like him who are just very much spreading the same kind of message like I do think that right. there is cool like I think it's very cool that there's so many people trying to spread this message because I think eventually you know if people are putting in a little work it will add up and and it'll be the dominant message so I that's really nice are popular which is awesome you see a lot of times like on Instagram specifically, like those that are like nutrition and health coaches that they toss in the word mindset a lot of times into their bio, um, which is like that could go like either direction, right? So like part of what I do also is train 
other coaches and teach them how to use mindset in their practice with their clients, with themselves, things like that. So it's not like you're just like, oh, I'm a mindset coach. Like there's actually some sort of like training and groundwork behind that um, because it is getting more popular, which I think is fantastic. But it's also like one of those things where I, I think like, okay, but what do you really do yeah. for my, you know, you say <laughs> a mindset coach, but what does that mean? So yeah. um, obviously I'm a little bit biased when it comes to that stuff, but <laughs> No, totally. I mean, you have you have a lot of knowledge behind it. And um, I just thought it was funny. I just wanted to mention this. I think it's amazing that you mentioned the criminology thing, um, <laughs> because I was totally a criminology major for a while. Too. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <Same thing. laughs> like but, everyone yeah. has that. <laughs> Everyone's gone through that phase, right, where they think they're going to be like, like a police officer or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, going off of that, with the whole like mindset is your main message and all of that. So I was wondering like, what are some of the biggest popular ideologies in fitness that you don't agree with? Things that you would like to overpower as your message goes in, what do you want to just never come back? Yeah, that's interesting. So I think a lot of it comes back to somewhat what I was talking about, just, just like the focus out there, right? So it's like, so much of the messaging when it comes to just health and fitness is like, sure, like do what works best for you and like try lots of different things. But then it's like, they're always talking about eating and they're always talking about exercise. It's never like, okay, but how do you actually feel about things? Like, do you believe in the first place that you can even like change your body composition? Do you believe that you can change your behaviors? Because at the end of the day, as much as like, you know, about like the different styles of exercise that are out there, the different things you've tried, the different diets that you've, and that's a whole nother rabbit hole, but <laughs> different like fad diets that you've tried all these different things. Like at the end of the day, you truly don't believe that you can actually like change. And it might take a second for you to like step back and think about that. Cause not a lot of people even like have the awareness to sit and think like, what do I believe that I can actually do this though? So it's like, you can pile on the knowledge, listen to all the podcasts, it's like get all of that stuff. Like knowledge is not necessarily always the issue. And I know like you hear like, okay, here's like one message, right? Like knowledge is power. So, and I do think it's powerful. And I, I mean, I believe that the knowledge that I've gained over the years is hugely powerful, but people can get to the point where it's just like so much knowledge without application or so much knowledge without actually believing that they can apply it or it like applies to them and their lives. It's like, oh yeah, everyone else could probably do that. That is sometimes where it can end up going. Um, so I think it's just like taking a step back and like understanding where your head is at specifically in your life and your situation outside of like, yeah, some of those like main messages or the different exercise opportunities or fad diets or whatever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I think this goes into to what you were talking about earlier about how you, you were taught one way in high school how to train and then you found kind of your own path when you uh, went beyond that. What kind of if, was there anything, one thing in particular that really helped make it stick with you? Like the new, the new way you were thinking, was there some, something that happened that really sparked that or, or was it kind of like very gradual over time type thing? 
I think as far as just like moving away. So like in high school, it was, yeah, like a lot of drills, a lot of running, a lot of stuff that I hated. And that kind of makes you not like exercise if, if you don't like what you're doing. Um, and obviously I like a lot of that too. Like we would have two days where we would go and run drills in the morning and then come back and just like run outside in the afternoon. And I despise running <laughs> so much. Yeah. This is like, so what my taste of exercise is, is this. And I'm like, this is not what I like to do. Um, so I think once I I found like strength training and like progressive, like structured programming rather than just like always endurance exercise, always like high intensity interval stuff. Like the fact that you can actually like slow down, like lift some heavy ass weight, like wait for a few minutes and then pick it up and do it again. Like that's my shit. (laughs) Not running around in circles. Not that there's anything wrong with running. Like you can, you can absolutely do both. I have a great friend who runs ultra marathons, but also is like the strongest person I know. But there are ways, and obviously it just takes a little bit um, more like understanding of things and how to program it into your life to be able to do both things. But I think where the kind of like switch went off for me was like, oh, I don't have to do like hours of cardio to count as exercise or I don't need to do that to like change my body composition. In fact, like doing more cardio and like little to no strength training is like the exact opposite of what you want to do. If you want like that quote unquote, like toned or lean physique, Um, (laughs) understanding that was like absolutely huge for me. And like seeing myself get stronger in the gym too, like as, as a quote unquote, like newbie in the gym, see strength tra- strength gains like pretty significantly from like week to week if you're following a program and like that goes away after a while and your body gets used to the stimulus but it's something that's like very empowering right off the bat which I think is great obviously because it's the newbies who need like the kind of <laughs> extra confidence boost um but yeah so I think that that all those things kind of like culminated to bringing me to more interested in health and fitness from like my high school years <laughs> yeah that's really cool, actually, because like going back again, like totally same. Like <laughs> I, I didn't. And I think it's really cool that you mentioned that a lot of people because um, I think a lot of people do that. Like they think like, oh, if I want to change my body, like I got to do a bunch of cardio and eat less. And it's like it doesn't go like I don't know. It's it's like once you're in, in it uh, like we are, like you train a lot, you know a lot about this stuff. You understand like it makes sense to us to be like, yeah, of course, if you want muscle on your body, you need to build muscle. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's it's easy when you don't know these things to to fall into the traps of what everyone believes. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, we live in the age of like the swipe Instagram workouts and Pinterest workouts <laughs> that are just, like all of these circle circuits and like tiny little dumbbells and things like that. So it's like women especially are taught that like we women have specific rooms at the gym where they go and they work yeah. out and like the rest of the gym is for males, right? Like that's kind of how it ends yeah. up looking. It's like you need to train differently and do things differently because you're female. When in reality, like women really don't need to train much differently than men. Um, And I think that that is something that like is definitely coming up into like the health and fitness space. Um, But you still see it all the time. It's like, oh, I'm just going to pick so-and-so's workout and go do that at the gym. And it's like just like a random circuit of things. And then next week I'm going to find someone else's. When in reality, if you just stuck to a program and like watched yourself and like paid attention to like how much weight you are lifting from week to week and just focused on you, like that's really the best route to go. Yeah, I totally agree. And and you're so right. Like, um, I'm sure you've used the, the gym at state before, right? 
uh, Carmichael. Like, you know, you know that one big weight training room, like near the main entrance, where it's like there's only ever men in that room, and then yep. there's the main gym next to it. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I yeah. noticed that when I started training in there, that I would always be the only girl in that room. Yeah. I think it is interesting. Yeah, it is, and it's still like it's. I think, like I said, I do believe, and it's hard too because when you're like in this space, you think like, oh, women are definitely like lifting more. Like this is definitely becoming a thing, but I don't know, like from the outside perspective, right? Like this is my entire life. Like, <laughs> I don't know for the, for the random person in the street, if they believe that or not, or if they see it more as like, I mean, historically, yes, it's like a men's sport and a men's thing to do. And like men should eat protein and women don't need to worry about it and all of those things. But um, yeah, so it, it's hard to say like from like my inner circle, I don't know if like how things are really doing out there, <laughs> but I would yeah. like to think that things are getting better. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think, I think something that I've I've noticed, at least within the people around me, is that I think, um, like, have you ever heard, I mean, I'm sure you have, a lot of people say it, they're like, oh, I don't want to get too muscular, and I'm like, you don't have to worry about that, I've been training for years, and I'm not muscular. Oh my God, I've been trying <laughs> to get bulky for seven years, and it hasn't happened yet, so. <laughs> exactly, like, whenever people say that, I'm like, trust me, it won't happen to you, I've been trying so hard. <laughs> exactly, exactly, no, that, and that's a huge huge myth especially for women is like oh well if I lift too heavy like I'm going to get bulky it's like girlfriend no (laughs) (laughs) like that's not how this works so but it is like it's uh, at the same time I don't want to be like oh like someone who's listening to this might be like wait what do you mean like this is what I've always thought you know so it can be like a massive like paradigm shift for a lot of people um but yeah it's like that paradigm shift is what like shifted my entire life so yeah yeah and it's it's kind of helpful sometimes to hear that uh some of the stuff that you believed isn't true you know yeah yeah that's really and also nice when you hate running yeah (laughs) that's great (laughs) yeah I think I like I think about that all the time I'm like if I really thought that like I could only be healthy by doing a bunch of cardio I don't know if I could get up every day and do it (laughs) yeah totally fair (laughs) like like weight training like like I like you said before and like I've heard a lot of people say it's so fun when you get into weight training because like you have great resting periods. Like you really like, sometimes I leave the gym and I have not sweat much. Like people think you need to be drenched and like you're sweating so hard, but not really. Yeah. And see that that's another thing too, is that you, in order to have a good workout, you need to be like crawling out of the gym. (laughs) Like absolutely not the case, right? Like if like, honestly, you would want to like preserve your energy throughout the workout. So like you get to your last exercise, you still have some energy left and then you can also recover from it because if you're sore and that's what goes along with it right like oh if you had a if you're super sore that means you had a good workout but like if you're sore and that's keeping you and debilitating like your strength in your like sessions following then like that's not a good thing like you need to be able to recover from your sessions you need to like resting is like just as important as like actually training so yeah lots of different things that are yeah out there and like with our all those f45s and orange theories and stuff and things like that, where it's just like, yeah, like the goal is to like kill you for 45 minutes to an hour. And yeah, it feels good because it feels like you did something. And I struggle with this a lot of the times when I get new clients who that's how they normally work out. And I'm telling them to basically like slow it down and how that might be better for them. And they're on board until they start the workouts. And they're like, but I don't feel like I'm doing anything. Like, can I, can I throw some like squat jumps or burpees in between? Like, no, (laughs) no, no, not. But yeah, absolutely. That's that's another big one. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because like I, I definitely think like even even people who know that like, yeah, you don't have to leave the gym feeling that way. You can still sometimes get it in your head. You're like, did I did I just do that? I was in here an hour and I'm fine. But right. I, yeah. But it's like it's one of those things where I think um, 
I lost my train of thought, but I'll edit this out. Don't worry. <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, <laughs> we can move on from that. Yeah, but, but I think you can bring it back. Like a lot of stuff, it, it comes back down to your mindset a lot of the time still, even with that stuff, right? Because like you're, you think, granted, this is like societal norms that are really getting in the way here a lot of the times too. And like what the front of like the fitness magazines have told us forever is that like, oh, eat 1200 calories. And like, here's like high protein meals that are like five grams of protein or whatever and things like that. But um, a lot of it then just like gets ingrained to the point where it's like, okay, well, this is like, this is what I need to do in order to be like, live this healthy lifestyle or get like this body that I want, et cetera. Um, and then to like be like working with a coach or something or someone who's telling you something different, if they're not able to get the messages and the education across to you and like understand where you are coming from, it can turn into a very frustrating relationship right off the bat. Cause it's like, oh yeah, you need to strength train and eat like 115 grams of protein a day. And it's like, well, I'm eating 50 grams and I've never set like foot in a gym before. And that's terrifying to me. But if you have a coach who like doesn't understand how to kind of like work you up or build a connection with you first and like talk through those things, um, it can be really difficult. And that's where it's just like, then it comes back to like, okay, I'm just going to stick to what's comfortable because why would I like do this if I don't want to, it doesn't feel right. I've been told something different my entire life. So yeah. That's, that's a really great point that you bring up actually. Um, just like a random side note, I got, I got NASM certified like a year ago or so now. Yeah. And, um, I actually was, I, I, I was going to work at NC State as a trainer. I was like on my way. Like I was one, one more like interview away from doing it. And one day it just kind of hit me. Like I was thinking about training people and, uh, being in charge of, of that kind of like guidance for someone. And all I could think was, cause there was a lot of uh, and and it's just how it is for a lot of like starter level personal trainers. You have to be very careful what you say. You can't really just you can't. Yeah. First of all, I can't for sure give any nutritional advice because I'm not I'm not certified in that. Mm-hmm. And then I also like I can't really just sit around being someone's counselor and trying to to say certain things because with just a NASM certification, being a college student, I don't really have the authority to go and like say certain things to to clients there. And I realized like I don't know if I could train someone and not be able to fully try and make sure that they're getting the message that I'm trying to send across. Like, it's not like it it was for me, it was a kind of a personal uh, battle of like, I don't want. (laughs) Yeah, it was like a moral thing. Like I was like, I I feel kind of bad if I train someone and I really didn't get across the right message that I want to get across to them. And then I feel like I didn't benefit this person's life after they paid me, you know? I mean, that makes you a really good person. (laughs) You know, like, and I'm not saying this is you by any means, because clearly it's not, but there's so many personal trainers out there who literally know jack shit about nutrition, but are trying to give recommendations and advice or, um, just like telling them to push it and not necessarily like considering like what, um, like what their values are and exercises that like even work for them in their bodies. Like, they're just like, this is what you have to do. Like, keep going, like, and not worrying about like recovery aspects and things like that. Um, and instead just kind of like trying to give the client a workout where they felt like they broke a sweat, right? Like that's just like what it comes down to. Um, but wanting to like knowing that nutrition is a big component of it, knowing that mindset's a big component of it. And you're like, I have like a half an hour or 45 (laughs) minutes or an hour with this person. Like, how am I supposed to handle all of that? Um, which is totally fair. And I say all the time, like as a nutrition coach, health coach, whatever you want to call it, 
Um, I feel like I'm a life coach a lot of the times, especially like when I'm talking to people on a week to week basis and asking about like stress in their life or how things are going outside of like health and fitness and what goals they want to set for themselves, like personal development wise. And especially right now with the coronavirus stuff going on, people are losing their jobs, their husbands are losing their jobs, things like that. Um, it gets very intimate very quickly when you're talking about someone's like food and exercise, which is crazy, but it comes like full circle back to what we were talking about at the beginning, that it's your health is so much more than like what you eat and how often you make it to the gym. So being a nutrition coach, you have to like understand that that's kind of like what you're getting into also. And I think having a psychology background helps me (laughs) a lot with that. Um, Yeah. And so it's just, it's something that's just, they're so intertwined. Yeah. And I, I, that's why I thought it was so cool when I found out like you were like, you had a PhD in psychology and you were doing health because I do think that like you, you should not really be going around giving health advice if you're not caring about how people's minds are working and all that. Cause psychology is ingrained in everything we do, right? especially yeah. our health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is everyone. That's like something I do say about psychology in general that I love is just that it is so broad. Like it's quite literally in everything from <laughs> advertising and marketing to health and fitness to yeah, like being a traditional like counselor, like social worker, stuff like that, like education, like it's literally everywhere, which is so cool. Um, but just goes to show like how important it really is. Yeah. And, and since you have uh, training in nutrition, because I can't really speak on this, I don't, but uh, something uh, a lot of people talk about these days and something I'm very interested in, because you mentioned the obesity epidemic uh, earlier, and I think that, of course, like, uh, it's a huge problem and it's been taking off, and I think that it, it really stems from, like, food culture that we have in the world today, and the fact that, like, there are people, like you said, there are people who understand psychology and, and the human mindset in every field, and there are people who are, like, making our food and stuff that know how to manipulate the culture mm-hmm. to to eat the wrong things and to promote bad habits and all this because they just want you to buy the more food and and then so you can go pay the healthcare people. This is getting into a little conspiracy. I won't get too deep into that. But like, what, what do you think as far as like, because you said it gets really intimate when you're training people. And uh, I know every damn day fitness, he talks about this a lot. Like when he trains people, he realizes that you can't just tell someone like, even if you have training, like what to eat or anything like that, because you have to get into the deeper parts of a person. Like food addiction is so real. A lot of people have it these days. And like most people just generally, even if they're not like having any kinds of food addiction or whatever, they just have a weird mindset around eating because of like the culture around eating. So how does, how do you think that affects like your, your training with people and all that? How do you deal with that kind of stuff? It is like, it's, such a it's such interesting like messaging out there right especially because I like anti-diet culture and like the body positivity movement um what is it like healthy at every size like stuff like that and I think it's great like I think it's great that we're able to like that's kind of like where things are going and like we're able to accept people for whatever I think fat shaming is like absolutely wrong like you shouldn't like not get a job because you're overweight like that's wrong um but at the same time it's like then on the flip side, people who do like choose to change their body composition intentionally and go through like diet phases and like want to look good for the beach and like go and exercise and like really pay attention to their food. Like those people are often shamed too, because they're making those, like those choices. Right. So it's like, and I made the mistake actually of, um, hashtagging intuitive eating on one of my posts on Instagram recently. And I didn't realize how like policed this hashtag was, but had a couple people come onto my post and I was talking about using food for comfort. So 
It was like an interesting message in that I said like, so the headline was, and this is like what was attention grabbing was comfort food is bullshit. And the idea <laughs> is not that like your grandma's recipe from like 19 whatever is bullshit. And it makes like, because that makes you feel good. And when you cook it, it makes you think of her. I'm not saying that that's bullshit. I'm saying like the idea uh, that we get sometimes in our head that like grabbing like a bag of potato chips and sitting on the couch after a long stressful day is going to make you feel better because a lot of the times, like, it's just like, and I went into like how um, dopamine is involved in this and that's your like reward seeking neurotransmitter. So it's like dopamine is released because you're stressed out and you want to feel better that feel good. Like, okay, so what will maybe make me feel better? Like grab a bag of chips, but in reality, is it really giving you that reward? Probably not. You probably eat it. You probably feel worse. And then it starts like a terrible cycle. Right. So, but anyway, so I tagged intuitive eating because I was talking about like comfort food and like understanding like your hunger cues and things like that, but then had some folks essentially come at me and tag me on my post saying like, how can you can't hashtag intuitive eating if you are someone who talks about dieting and talks about like fat loss and like I went through your profile and it looks like you intentionally try to lose weight and then try to gain muscle like then you can't talk about intuitive eating. And I'm sitting here like, why not though? And like, why can't we be in a place where like, wouldn't it be awesome if everyone was in a place like so healthfully that they maybe sometimes did want to diet just because it makes them feel a little bit, a bit better. But then the rest of the year, they work on maintaining their health and just like focusing on everything else. But in addition to that, they're like taking care of their mental health and all of that. Like, I feel like there is a beautiful gray area that exists, but things messages are so polarized. It's like either you like have uh, like ideas of dieting, you teach other people how to diet, you teach other people how to like track their food and their nutrition, or you teach intuitive eating and you talk about how dieting is wrong and everyone should just be happy with where they're at. Like, why can there not be somewhere that like lies in the middle? Or maybe you move into one camp and out of one camp, kind of like seamlessly depending on like your life and your situation and your goals and like what makes you happy. Um, but sorry, this got into like a really long tangent. <laughs> no, no, you're good. <laughs> like, like there's so many messages out there. And my goal is to tailor my coaching and what the person needs based on like their lifestyle and their goals. Like I have, yeah, I have clients who go through diets and who track their food to the gram very diligently and love it and don't have any like disorderly like eating patterns around it. Then I also have clients who just like write down their food in a shared note with me or don't track their food at all. And we're just working on like basic habits, you know? So it's like across the board and it's, it's difficult for me being in this space and in this business because you're often taught when you're like running your own business or trying to get clients or whatever it is that you need to pick like a specific message and like go for that one person. Um, which I think is part of the reason and the, the issue that stems from all of this and like this, these polarizing messages is that like people are kind of like taught and told to kind of like pick sides because we're going to like be most like successful as like a coach goes. Um, and then those coaches are the ones who are putting the messages out there. And then everyone else in the middle is like, what the heck am I supposed to believe? Like if I track my food and I want to like look a little bit better for the beach this summer, then I'm like disorderly and have a problem. But on the other hand, like if I'm just like intuitively eating all the time and like not paying attention, then I'm not dedicated and I don't care about my goals, you know? So it's like, it's so 
iffy and everything depends on you and like what you want um, and like how you receive messages. Like I always encourage people to think like, okay, if you read a post on Instagram and it triggers you that much, like, where's that coming from? Like, why do you feel like that is like when it's not attacking you and talk about intuitive eating, you know, (laughs) coming from like, why do you feel the need to like express these feelings on like someone else's content? It's just, it's just all very interesting. It's like Instagram is like a psychology experiment in and of itself. (laughs) Oh yeah. I totally agree with that. You know, I had a, (laughs) I had a fitness page for a while. I still have it and I use it very sparingly now. I, I totally agree with what you're saying about the, like, there's like, it's so polar. And then like people will like come at you for certain messages and all that, because I was, and still am an incredibly small account with like barely 200 followers. I just did it because I liked it. But I would sometimes have people like go out of their way to criticize me on certain things. And I'm like, I'm I'm a very minuscule page. You can ignore me so easily. <laughs> but I remember like uh, one of the reasons I stopped doing it was because I was I was starting to get nervous about what message I was spreading. I mean, I've always kind of like I agree. I, I think that there is no right or wrong way to do anything. Like as long as you're doing what's best for your body and your mind, like that's the right way. Like, and 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 people don't seem to understand that, which is why I got nervous to post online because I don't want people to ever think that I'm endorsing what I do as the right thing to do. Like I love fasting. Hardly ever talk about it though, because I don't want people to think I'm saying everyone should fast because I'm like, right. I don't care if you fast. I don't, yeah. I like doing it, that's it. And um, I mean, I one time got like, I had people tell me like basically that I was kind of toxic for posting before and after pictures. Mm. And I'm like, I'm just proud of where my body went. What's wrong with wanting to change yeah. a little sometimes? Yeah, <laughs> and, it's, it's uh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, how many times like, yeah, people just like decide to like toss their like feelings and opinions on you. It's your account. Post whatever <laughs> the hell you want to post, you know, like and you can unfollow me if you don't want to be part of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely like a point I've gotten to. I think a lot of people have too, is like, I'm going to post what I want. And if you don't want to follow me, don't follow me. I'm not like, I I always feel like I have to put disclaimers on things. Like whenever I post things, I'm like, I'm not saying you should do this ever. I don't care what you do. There is never enough room for the amount of disclaimers and caveats (laughs) that you feel like you need to add. And it is, it's very frustrating because I only get so much space in those damn captions. Like I don't want to (laughs) spend half of it being like, note, this doesn't mean it's for you for sure. Like, please self-experiment. Please hire a good coach. Like, if that's what you want to try, like, it's, yeah, no, yeah. it's ridiculous, but it's often necessary. <laughs> yeah. And and people really, like, it's not even just online because once people notice, like, the way you're eating or you're working out in person, sometimes people will make certain comments because I've, I've definitely had people before, like, try to call me out because they're like, why is it that like you track calories all the time and you're so restricted, but then like sometimes I see you eat like really unhealthy things and I'm like, why do you, why do you care what I'm doing? Yeah. <laughs> like that sounds like beautiful, healthy balance to me. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I don't know. I, I, I totally agree. Like, I think it's really weird because I think that people don't realize it, but it doesn't matter if you perceive me as some like healthy person who's got it all together. If you're shaming someone who's healthy, it's the same thing as shaming someone who's not healthy. <laughs> yeah, fit shaming is like a real thing too. And just like, yeah, like 
the amount of times like in college and stuff when I'm starting to get into this and how I would be like literally shamed and like for like, I mean, to some point, right? Like this group of friends knew me as like the partier and I was like in transition mode into like caring more about like going to the gym than going to the bars. Um, but for like to, them to be like, oh, like, me come home at 1130 at night from work and it's like, oh, let's go out, let's go out. And I'm like, I'm just going to like go upstairs and go to bed. Like I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow and then I have to like work later. And they're like, what? You know, like, can't you just like, just like let loose you're fine like it's not that big of a deal it's not that serious and it's like it does like even those like kind of and they probably don't even realize they're doing it a lot of the times right but that still like makes you feel bad even though like you're literally making the decision that's like better for you and better for your body and makes you feel just like better in your life um but to like feel like you're doing something wrong because of that I'm, I'm sure that's a big part of the problem for a lot of people is that it just like goes against like the norms of like their friend groups or their parents or whatever, um, even though they know it might be the better decision. Yeah, I totally agree. I love how much I can relate to your story, honestly. Because <laughs> uh, like I used to bring a salad at dinner again. It's like, yes, I like salad. <laughs> exactly. And like, I, I did the same thing. Like I was, I was that party person my first year of college. Like I was known for that. I'd go out to party. I'd wake up uh, two hours later to go to work in the morning. And like people just knew I was down for it. But once I started working out and stuff, I was like, you know, I kind of need to sleep if I want to like yeah. these workouts to be effective. And if I don't feel like trash, like I kind of yeah. need to go to bed and not drink every weekend. And when mm -hmm. I started saying no to drinking, people were like, what do you, what do you mean? No, it's just one day. And I'm like, uh, I said no. <laughs> no. Yeah, like an identity shift. <laughs> yeah, people really get shocked when when you mm -hmm. are just like no, and they're like, what? Well, what do you mean no? That's what we're all doing. Shouldn't you do it? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So true. And that's I think yeah, it's probably especially like in college years that can be one like the social pressures like whether like and it, at the end of the day like would you go out and have fun like probably so like that's the other part too it's just like you know like yeah it would be fun but you your goals and like your body and like your health is just becoming a little bit more important than like the fun that you would have binge drinking so it's yeah. just like kind of like going like this so and yeah, I think a lot of that, it does come down to like, okay, if you're going to make this shift, it like does require like some degree of like strong dedication and like saying no and self-control. And um, some of it's not fun to be like the black sheep. Like it's really not. Um, but I also think that like the strength that you gain on the other side of doing that is massive. Like the return on investment in that is huge. Like the fact like I left college, came out to North Carolina, um, to pursue my PhD and was like, I was honestly kind of relieved because I was like, I can like restart and like find people who are like me and like kind of like make my life the way I want it to be. Um, not that I was like, of course, I was sad to like leave a lot of my friends and family. But at the same time, it was like, this is my chance to like do all of the things in alignment with the person that I want to be. Um, and that's hard to do when you're in the same environment and around the same people that like you're trying to like almost shift away from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's a brilliant point. Like, cause like environment is a huge part of like anything with anything you do in your life, right? Like if you're trying to make any kind of change, you have to change uh, what's happening around you. And I do, I, I, I am so excited to like finish school already so I can go out and, and, and try something yeah, new. Not but everybody has to like up and move yeah. halfway across country to make this work but <laughs> no, yeah, 
it's it's just helpful to change your environment sometimes. But something I've noticed that's really helpful for people who can't just up and change their environment and stuff is that if you just if you if you have that will at the beginning, like you stand by who you are, you do what you need to do. Like you don't have to shove it down anyone's throat. You don't have to explain yourself to anyone. You just it's it's all in you. You stick to it. People will notice the change in you and people will, will come around. Like I've had a lot of friends and stuff that like, yeah, sometimes they still make certain comments. But I also notice that sometimes they try to eat healthier when they're around me because now they're trying to keep up. Or sometimes they ask to go to the gym because they're like, well, I mean, you're always going to the gym. Then fine. Can I just go with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And like that's that's the great part, right? Because again, going back to very beginning, like people know they need to exercise (laughs) and they want to, but it's just like all of these other things, like being a college student and doing like the fun stuff instead, um, is just always like, that's where the pull is and that's what everyone's doing. So, but yeah, if someone else is like doing it, it makes it a lot easier to just kind of like follow suit a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think on top of the whole, like people know that they need to do it, but why I think I like one of my theories as to why so many people know what's right for them, but don't do it is just the fact that, um, and it's, it's part of the reason I stopped posting on Instagram for a while. When people see like, like people like us who've been doing it for so long that like, maybe we have a more rigorous training routine than a beginner would have. Maybe we enjoy it. So we do it more and it's a bigger part of our lives, but I never want people to think that it's like this huge dramatic thing that they think it is yeah. like oh my god I have to it's gonna be like I'm gonna have to weight train five days a week starting right. tomorrow and I'm gonna have to eat 1200 calories and it's like calm down <laughs> like it's just it's not how it is like I think people get overwhelmed because they think like they see someone who's already at the end of their journey and they're like I can't possibly be that and you're like take it slow mm-hmm. one day you'll be there and you won't even realize it right exactly and like like this is where like, okay, knowledge can be powerful because instead of like me, like running way too much and like eating way too little, like if someone would have pulled me aside and been like, Hey, here's a barbell, like here's some protein powder. Like this is probably going to be better off for you. Like what has saved me years? Like, so like in the uh, like amount of, I talk about like Instagram being bad as far as like content and stuff goes, but there is a handful of like really, really solid people out there putting out great information based on research, stuff like that. Um, for the most part, it's people who are like in my circle on Instagram. Um, but there's some like really good stuff out there. And as long as you like come across like the right, um, like whether it's a membership site um, or like accounts to follow, like there are some good stuff out there. It's just a matter of like finding it and like understanding, which I know is difficult too, especially because because there's so many different like messages and stuff out there. Um, but yeah, if I could go back in time and like change things up a little bit, I absolutely would. <laughs> yeah. I wish there was like a word for that, honestly, like people who get so into fitness and once they finally feel like they've reached that point where they've made all the progress, they just want to go and like help everyone. Cause it's such a common thing, you know? Uh, it is. <laughs> save your, save your previous self. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think, cause I really do think like most people who are, who are trying to spread the messages you're trying to spend and trying to talk about these things. Like I like to talk about them too. It, it's, we're people who we did it extreme at first and then we realized you don't have to do it that way. And we're trying to stop other people from doing that. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I, I totally agree with it. Like I, I did the whole like, Oh, really restrictive eating and working out a very ridiculous regimen mm. on top of that. And, and like, guess what? The progress didn't last very long and it was not, it was not a good time. And I realized like, wow, my life is like easy and sustainable right now and I'm making more progress. How can I make sure no one else does yeah. that? You know? Exactly. 
Yeah. And it, it is like, and it, it goes back to like the whole like exercise needs to be like a punishment, right? In reality, like it really, it doesn't, it can add to your life and it shouldn't be something that's like draining you of energy. It should in fact be like adding energy to your life. Like lots of different, just like the main like idea of like exercise and eating healthy is like something you don't want to do. But in yeah. reality, like you can, like you were saying, like you can eat healthy for the most part and then like have some junk food every once in a while, go out and have like Mexican food and margaritas on Cinco de Mayo and not worry about it. Like, because like 90% of the time you're on top of your shit. So 10% of the time, if you want to have some drinks or you want to like grab a pint of ice cream on your way home, like you're going to be fine because you're for the most part on top of it. And people think that it's like, okay, if I'm jumping into this, that means like no more ice cream, no more margaritas, no more anything. Um, and I have to like go to the gym five days a week. Like you were saying, like I have to like be so like structured and regimented, but there is like, it's always like, there's like this messy middle, like gray area that is such like a perfect place to be. It's just a matter of like finding that and like navigating through so much of like the myths and the bullshit that is online. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, like, important for people to understand. I think it was on your Instagram that I saw this. I'm pretty sure something about uh, how, like, when you do that to yourself and you're like, I really shouldn't have this. Or when you have that mindset against, like, oh, I have to do this complete shift. Your mind's going to crave the thing that you're saying you can't do. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, and that's why, like, time again in the research, too, is just, like, the really restrictive diets or the people that are restricting themselves for long periods of time or, like, those who are like history of like yo-yo dieters, like they're the ones who are like having a hard time, like saying no to the chocolate or like keeping up with like their self-control or willpower. Like it's, it's the extra restriction is what leads to like long-term, like, oh, you lost some weight. Now you put it back on. Like that's the issue is the extra restriction. And like, there are more flexible and sustainable ways to do things. Um, and yeah, it's just a matter of getting it out there and getting people to like realize that it's possible. Yeah, totally. Cause it's, I don't know. Exactly like you said, it's it, it's it's possible. You just got to find what works for you, you know? Exactly, exactly. I talk about this a lot with, with one of my siblings because she's actually, I have a lot of siblings and one of my siblings was the one who got me really into like eating better and working out and all that. And, and we're two very different people with the way we like to, like the way we like to train and the way we like to eat. But we'll like, like every few days we'll just call each other and like bounce off each other's ideas and stuff. Cause like she likes to weigh herself, but I'm like, I don't go near scales. I know it's not for me. It doesn't work for you. And you really have to go through your, like, you have to just, you just have to go through it and find what works for you because I personally can't go near a scale. Hate it. Messes with my head so much. Can't Perfect. do it, but I can track all my food and right. I can track everything I eat and never feel like I'm restricting myself. And it's just like, you just have to find what works for you, you know? Right. That's so interesting. Yeah. And then like, like the scale too, like it's not like the end all be all for like progress whatsoever. Like how much are, strength are you gaining in the gym? Like, how are your clothes fitting? Like, how do you feel? Like, how exactly. is like, how is like your quality of life? Like that stuff matters like way more than like what the scale number is saying. And it can be such a friggin' liar anyway. Like I have clients who the, the scale will not budge for three months, but they'll look like they lost 15 pounds, you know? So yeah. And that's, I mean, the beauty of like building muscle and losing fat simultaneously, especially if you are like new to this stuff, that's like can definitely happen. Um, but yeah, so, and it's, yeah, you're so right in that like some things are like some, but then I'll get like the messages so, like, oh, you track your food. Like that must mean that like you have like an obsessive like disorder or like you're, you're going down like the dis disordered eating path and like things like that. And it's like, but 
like if you're really in tune with yourself and it, it doesn't feel obsessive to you, if you could stop tracking for a week and be fine with it, which is like absolutely where I'm at, then like, why not? You know, like, why not do it if it feels good to you? And it's not like hindering your life in any way. It's just like people have, it doesn't work for them. So they think that like what you're doing must be wrong, you know? So yeah. it's, yeah, it is, it's interesting. But if you can get to the place where it's like, this works for me, this doesn't work for other people. And that's the way it is. Like, that's a beautiful place to be. <laughs> yeah. And it goes like that with literally anything. Cause like, I've, I've, I've tried to explain it to a few people like, like this, because like people really, they're just like, I don't understand how you are like thinking that you're okay when you track everything you eat. That's weird. And I'm like, mm-hmm. do you see, like, if you want to see my Google calendar, you'll see that there's about every hour of my day that is planned. I write down when I read before bed, I write down like every little thing I do is in there, even my laundry. And I'm like, you think I have disordered time patterns? Like, it's just some people are how they are. That's some so people true. like That's to track. A, That's a really good point. I never thought of it that way. How like some people like to write out their days like hour by hour and other people just have like a more broad to-do list. And some people just don't write it down at all. And that works for them too. And that like, why does that have to be different than how like you eat? That's yeah. a good point. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah, it's one of those things where, um, yeah, like what works for you works for you, right? I mean, I'm just, I get so tired of it when I go on vacation or when I go home or something and I just, I'm not tracking for a while. I'm just doing me and like people are like, how do you eat like that and you're healthy? Like I, you just have good genetics and I'm like, I do not have good, gen- leave me alone. <laughs> go away. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm on vacation, man. <laughs> like, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I really like talking to you about this because, like, yeah, I'm very much on the same page with you. I totally agree with what you're saying. It's beautiful. Um, oh, there was one one post of yours that I thought was really cool and I wanted to ask you about. It was when you wrote about the the difference with habit, routine, and ritual oh, yeah. and and healthy living being a norm. Like, how how would you explain that? Yeah, that one was a fun one for me. And it actually did much better than I expected as, as far as engagement wise went. Um, but it's it was just like an interesting thing because I think a lot of the times when people think about habits, they think of them as being the same thing as routines. I think that those often get like kind of confused. Um, and not that like this is like, I put this up and was like, is this really gonna be helpful for people? I feel like it's more of just like a fun post. Um, but in reality, like the this idea that like, oh, I need to like build all these healthy habits and like routines and stuff, like they really don't go hand in hand. And like one of the examples I like to use is that like, okay, let's say like your sink in your bathroom is broken, right? So you use the bathroom and then you go to wash your hands and you, a lot of the, you know the sink is broken, but chances are you're still trying to turn on the faucet to wash your hands because it's so automatic and habitual that you're doing it without even thinking. Whereas like something like a routine, like you do laundry or water the plants once a week, like you still need to be like putting conscious effort into that. Like you still need to be aware that you're doing it. Like it's not so habitual that like, wow, I just did the laundry and I (laughs) would be wonderful, but that's not the case. Right. So like those things are different and the idea would be like, the more something is a habit, yeah, it can become a routine, but just like some things like you're not going to just like show up at the gym and not realize how you got there. Right. Like it's still going to require some effort. So to the degree that like, as far as like health and fitness goes, I think things can be routine. Like I think it's routine that I go to the gym or like not right now, but that I work out (laughs) multiple days a week and that I eat health, like healthy is honest. Eating healthy is honestly more of like a habit for me because like, I really don't think about it that much. Like I go to the grocery store and I pick up the things that I know that I need. And granted, yes, like going to the store is like, I have to be aware of what I'm doing. (laughs) 
But the things that I'm picking up off the shelves are not like, it's not even a thought in my head that like, I'm going to grab like the donuts versus like the broccoli, you know? So like those things like over time will become more like habitual. Um, but there's definitely a difference in that. So I said like habits are, so they're just like not really don't require much cognitive effort kind of things that you do without thinking about it. Routines are something that do require some effort and awareness, um, but are happening more or less like kind of just like within your schedule without you having to put a lot of thought into it. And then rituals are like kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum from habits that they actually require like a ton of cognitive effort and like something that you really want to be present and aware in. So like for people who have like uh, morning routines or people who are like into meditation or getting into like mindful eating, like eating can be very routine, but you can move it into more of like a ritualized process by like putting some like mindful eating spins onto it, like paying attention to the food in your mouth, like setting your fork down between bites, things like that. Um, so rituals are more so like they require effort and like being very present in the moment. Whereas like habits are just like things that are just like, whoa, that just happened kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a fun post to write because I think a lot of people don't take the time to think about how these things show up differently in their lives, especially when it comes to like health and fitness behaviors. Like, do you really, like, do you really think you can make like going to the gym, like habitual, like it's a habit in the fact that like, yeah, you might be like setting out your gym clothes before you even realize it or like your gym bag got in your car and you don't remember how you did that. Mm -hmm. Such a habit, but it's still like, it's more of a routine that it's like part of your life. Um, not necessarily that like going to the gym itself is like a habit, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I like that. I like that explanation. I yeah. thought it was a cool post too. And I stumbled upon it. So yeah. I wanted to ask about it. <laughs> it's just it's that's 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 why i really like liked your page looking through it i think there's a lot of things that uh kind of like food for thought this is post editing leanne and i'm very sorry to say that it seems i've lost like the last two or three minutes left of audio in this podcast uh so thank you so much if you've gotten this far in listening i'm just going to play like the last random like 10 seconds that somehow managed to save even though i lost a, a bit of audio here uh, so I'm just going to let Casey introduce uh, her business, and uh, I'm sorry that her last few words that she had in here didn't get through, but thank you so much, Casey, for being on the podcast. I'm still working on trying to find a better way to do these podcasts remotely, so please bear with me while I work on that, but uh, here's Casey. ...idea of what you should be doing, um, but then I guess I'm trying to think. I'm also, I'm part of a membership site called Iron Intellects. Um, it's like, I think for the lower level membership, it's like $13 for the pro level. It's like $19 a month. Um, and you get access to just a ton of content, video content, um, articles, coaches, myself included go live every so often and talk about specific topics, um, things like that. And it's a great resource. It's one of those things that we're trying to turn into, like, instead of like just Googling something or like trying to surf the internet and find, and you see like, okay, there's this option and this option. What am I supposed to do? This person says this thing, this person says that thing. The research isn't like sure about this thing, but what we're trying to do is like bring a lot of like, here's what works for a lot of people. Here's what the research says about things. And just like bring more like truth <laughs> into the health and fitness world. Um, so it's called Iron Intellects. If that is something that you'd be interested in, um, definitely check that out. But I think that that's kind of like the big things. All right. Well, 
again, thank you so much for being here. It was really fun talking about all this with you. And uh, like Casey said, I will link those, uh, the Instagram and that website down below in the description. So if you're interested, check out the description. Thank you so much if you've listened this far. Um, Let's get psyched about health. (laughs) 